All right. We would like very much to welcome all of our listeners to Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy. Quite the exciting episode of some exciting games. This indeed is true. There will be very much, very, so many exciting games to look forward to this weekend. Huh. No, I don't think I could keep that up for... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you could either. However <laughs> long. But I have the Bellhaven <clears throat> board and ready to go. All righty. about yourself? Now that you've done, you're done uh, munching down on food... For your dinner, I you poured yourself a drink. I have just poured myself a water. I have uh, ran out of my beers, and so I will have to go replenish tomorrow. You must replenish the stocks. Indeed, I am telling you, my good man, the stocks must be replenished. Indeed, they must. Okay, we've got top twenty-five mm. matchups to talk about. <clears throat> There are quite a bit more this week than the past couple weeks. There are 19 games being played uh, this weekend that feature a top 25 team. Yes, indeed. One big obvious win. Actually, a couple of big obvious wins, right? You've got Georgia and Auburn. You've got Oklahoma and Baylor. And... uh, You've also got a, a Notre Dame Navy game uh, that's got some yeah. intrigue. That does uh, have some intrigue. Indiana being ranked in the AP poll, playing a ranked Penn State, so there's one as well. And then, of course, you know, quite a few others peppered across the board in different conferences. Iowa and Minnesota, there's another big one with a lot of potential impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I mean, we might as well start off in the Big Ten outside of the those two bigger ones. There's a another intriguing one in the Michigan rivalry. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State. Is that where you want to begin? With Sparty and Scum? <sighs> sure, why not? It'll be a quick one. Um, I w- I've been trying to think hard if I, you know, really think... Michigan State could actually do it, um, but at the end of the day, they they're just so inconsistent that I'm not uh, I'm not confident in Sparty. They are uh, I'm not either. They just uh, their offense is way too inconsistent, uh, and they don't have nearly as good of a defense. I don't think uh, Scum will have too much of a problem with them. Yeah. Yeah, because as we all know, Michigan has hit their stride, right? <laughs> um, of course. Of course, I, I thought about that, and I'm thinking, what does that really mean? Um, you know, is your stride, are you like a, uh, a long-distance runner with a very short stride? <laughs> are you a sprinter with a longer stride at? I don't know what it means. We're hitting our stride. Uh, I'm not impressed by your stride, Michigan, uh, but I will say that their their stride is probably a bit better than than Sparty's. Um, I think in the past, 
Michigan State's always been mediocre in terms of talent. Under D'Antonio, he's a good coach. Um, and for a while, he was able to really coach up those teams to play beyond themselves. And so any given year, it didn't really matter how much talent Michigan had or if they had, quote-unquote, hit their stride, you know, Michigan State was going to give them the game. I think I think he's lost most of his good coaches. Although I'll admit I don't know what all coaches have left aside from uh, Narduzzi, who went to uh, Pitt. But he was a good coach. He was a good defensive coach. And that defense really never was the same after he <laughs> left. You know, it looked like it, and it's always going to look like it for a year or two, but it was on a steady decline. And so I think coming into this year, people were just assuming they were going to have a good defense. Uh, they returned a lot of players, but at the end of the day, their defense has been getting progressively worse each year. And I just don't think they have the coaching anymore. D'Antonio is a good coach, but I just don't think he has good coaches under him. And so I don't think it's going to happen this time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's nothing really much more to add. They're just uh, kind of, you know, just moving on by, and they have a great potential to not even uh, go to a bowl game this year. So I don't know. Well, that I don't know. I think their next two games are against Rutgers and Maryland. So Are they? Well, <laughs> yeah, if that's the I, case, then maybe. Yeah, but, that, that would take them to, to uh, six and six and get them into a bowl. Yeah, fair enough. But. So. Yeah, even even so, they're uh, definitely not a quality team this year, and so yeah. Um, and we're talking about tiers of the Big Ten, like you mentioned yesterday. Uh, uh, Michigan definitely ranks in the one above Michigan State. So yes, yeah, and Michigan State's in that in that middle to low tier, whereas Michigan is definitely in the high tier, not elite like Ohio State, Minnesota, and Penn State, but. Um, close yeah and so talking about that minnesota game um mm-hmm. it's it's actually really interesting and of course you know we, we've seen it you know year in and year out you know you come off a big emotional win. you know high state two years ago huge emotional comeback against penn state and the next week they go get their you know doors beat off of them by iowa and then you know, this week, Minnesota has a huge, you know, century win pretty much for this team. You know, their biggest win in quite a long time. And now they go on the road to Iowa, who surprisingly is actually favored in this game. Yeah. Uh, with, with three losses, which uh, really baffles me. I mean, I know it's Kinnick Stadium. I know it's a tough place to play, especially, you know, Iowa's still ranked and it's at the end of the year. Um, you know, these two teams know each other really well. But, I mean, Minnesota's still undefeated, and in the top 10, it's hard to believe that they're um, not favored in this game. Yeah, I would say that um, I, I'm, I'm, the, the boat is rowing merrily down the stream. <laughs> it, this week, it may not be quite as merrily. It's going to be a little bit bumpier stream but I still think it's rowing down the stream. I think they're going to beat Iowa. Iowa's got the uncanny ability to stay in games. 
but they're just not good. I mean, I, I, I've watched some of their games. I don't watch all of them because uh, I'm typically passing back and forth between games. And usually when they're on, there's probably a better game on anyway because they look so ugly. Um, but they have this ability to just stay in these games. And I think they'll do that here. Uh, but I look at Minnesota, you know, Penn State went to Iowa, beat Iowa, close game. But I did watch more of that game, and I never really felt like uh, Penn State was going to lose. It was always a close game, but you never really felt like Penn State was going to lose that game. Here, Penn State goes to Minnesota, and Minnesota pretty well dominated them. They did. Um, and so I, I just think what that speaks to is Minnesota's a more balanced team. Yep. And I just, I can't see, I, I, I see it basically for Iowa being like the Wisconsin game or like the uh, Michigan game and where it's going to be a close score, but I just don't see them winning. And that's what uh, I was actually uh, going to allude to as well. Uh, you know, last week I was extremely bold and I really did feel that, you know, some of those upsets were going to happen and they did uh, this week. Especially for this game, I just don't feel it, especially because, as you said, Minnesota is really balanced. Um, and we have seen that more the past four weeks, and especially last week, uh, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but you know they do give up some points still. Um, but the offensive efficiency they have, I think, is better than Penn State's. And so I think Minnesota you know, will probably be up uh, you know, two scores, something like that throughout most of the game. And yeah, Iowa with their uncanny ability will probably tend to keep it close, you know, at least stay within that two score range. But at the end of the day, I think Minnesota wins by double digits, you know, 10 to 10 to 14, somewhere in there. Yeah. I I don't think the I don't think it'll be that. I think that's where I would disagree. Uh, I think they'll win. I think they will be closer. And the reason I think that is because, you know, similar to what I said with, with Baylor the past couple of weeks, it's like they feel that pressure mounting. And I think you're right with, with what you said earlier. It, this is, has the, the makings of a trap game, giving that huge emotional win that they got up for um, at home against Penn State. I do think there's going to be a letdown from them. And because Iowa has that ability to keep those games close and the fact that I do think Minnesota is going to have a letdown, I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be within seven points, but I still think that Minnesota wins. Yeah, and that's a completely fair point. Uh, You know, there's no arguing against that. Um, At the end of the day, I just don't think, you know, if you look at Iowa's games all year, you know, the times where they put, put more than, 30, which I think is only twice, is against, you know, Rutgers and some Miami of Ohio, maybe. Other times, they can't they can't seem to score more than, you know, 24. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I can't see, even if it's a low-scoring game, uh, Iowa, I don't think is going to be able to score all that much. And I think because of that, and Minnesota's balanced offense, I think, that's where I'm getting my uh, yeah, my double-digit win. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely understandable. And to that point, you know, I 
I'm not looking at it right now, mm-hmm. but if I had to guess, I would say that just about every Big Ten team that's played Rutgers has scored more than 40 points, right? Uh, I, I, I make uh, I make a look at that afterwards because did, um, I know that Iowa only scored 30 on Rutgers. Everybody yeah, else, so. <laughs> you know, they go out and they basically uh, have an offensive uh, explosion against Rutgers. Iowa at home as well. I think it was at Iowa. They only put up 30 on Rutgers. So, yeah. I had heard at the beginning of the year, Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley, Nate Stanley. I don't know if it's Nate Stanley. I, when I've watched, I've, I think he, he, he has made terrible decisions. Um, so I don't think he's a good quarterback. But it could just be him. It could be the offense in general. I don't know, but that's not a good offense. So right. you could be right. I mean, that, that does make sense how you explain it. Uh, I just have a feeling that there's going to be a bit of a letdown uh, from Minnesota. No, and I can understand that. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting one to watch. Uh, going into the next, you know, probably the last uh, Big Ten, you know, showdown, uh, do you think Indiana, you know, with their surprising 7-2 and record, can go into Penn State and knock off the Nittany Lions and was probably going to be a pretty cold game in uh, Happy Valley? Yeah, I haven't looked at the temperature at all. So it looks like it's going to be right at 35-ish, something like that. 35? Around there. Yeah, but it's not like uh, Indiana is from Florida. No, uh, right. Of course. Indiana, I think they're used to the cold. I don't think the cold's going to be a big deal. I don't think um, it will. I just, you know, I, I've, and I said it on the, you know, the last uh, episode, uh, my, my feeling on Indiana has kind of soured a bit. You know, again, I'm excited that for them to, to have a great season, but I just don't think they're a great team. You know, and I actually did some uh, mathematical evaluation on this one, and I, I, I really see Penn State covering uh, the spread that they have on this. The only thing that gives me pause is, yes, in, in the past few years under James Franklin, they do appear to have that uh, hangover after a loss where you know they'll be riding sky high they'll lose a heartbreaker and then they carry that over to the next week or so and they get beat that next week you know so that's the one thing that gives me pause about it otherwise if this were a straight up game you know penn state was still undefeated in happy valley i think penn state beats indiana by two or three touchdowns um I think they still cover the uh, 14 point spread. I think that's what it is uh, in this one, roughly. And um, I, I think Penn State wins. I think they break that curse, so to speak, of uh, of having that uh, hangover after a loss. And I think they beat Indiana. Yeah, fair points. Uh, I've been going back and forth on this game. If I truly think Indiana can beat Penn State, um, I just. Yeah, to your point, um, I don't think they're, you know, a great team. They haven't, you know, all the defenses they played, you know, they play Ohio State's defense. They can't even score anything without a trick play. Uh, Otherwise, you know, they haven't played great defensive teams even within the Big Ten. Um, I just, I, I think they have the offense to do it. They have, 
you know, a great wide receiver, you know, and both their quarterback split in time have pretty much roughly the same passing yardage, passing percentage. Um, they've both been pretty good uh, when you look at it from that point. But yeah, I think Penn State's defense is one of the best in the Big Ten. And even though Indiana may be able to score, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop Penn State. I think Penn State will most likely have a field day. And, you know, Indiana may may keep it close in a shootout type of game, but I still think Penn State probably wins somewhere around the spread. Well, there you go. We have an accord. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, do. And real quick, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I know we touched on it, but I don't think, ever think we gave predictions. Obviously, you know, the Ohio State game is going to be a blowout, uh, yeah. but it is, it is going to be somewhat cold. Um, in New Jersey, bold prediction. Do you think Ohio State puts 80-plus on the Rutgers? No. Um, I thought about that, and I, I've seen people mention it. I think there's a, a um, there, there seems to me to be a decorum uh, in college football anymore to where I, I think 80 points feels like that threshold to me, to, to where people are – probably worried about going beyond that i think and i'm just making this up as i go here but it (laughs) kind of feels to me like 80 is that kind of understood score that you just don't go beyond (laughs) or you really do look like you're you know you're running it up right because if you look in the past and i know that in the past 20 years that there probably has and most definitely has been 80 points scored in the game it's probably some game that's outside of the top 20, and it's not one of your big-name teams dropping 80 points on whatever that other team is. Uh, and, and so are they capable of it? Yes, absolutely. I'm not making it up. People like to say this sometimes about their team when their offense goes, oh, man, we could score 100 on somebody. Legitimately, Ohio State could score 100 points on Rutgers. Absolutely, if they wanted to Saturday. Uh, I don't think they're going to go beyond 80, though. I, I, I think even if they have to start kneeling the ball uh, <laughs> with their fourth teamers, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, I just, for me, it feels like some um, unwritten rule uh, anymore in college football that you just don't put more than uh, 79 points on somebody. Because you've seen 79 quite often in the recent past. But you just, don't see 80. So, right. I mean, and that's I, kind of, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's funny because you look at all the Ohio State games. I mean, Ohio State has put up 70 quite a few times, you know, 73 uh, and 76 this year. Uh, Rutgers yeah. on the past, they put up, uh, you know, 77 um, against uh, Oregon State last year. Didn't they put up 77? Yeah, and they did it against yeah. Bowling Green a couple of years yeah. ago too. And so they they some they do like to sit in that seventies range. And yeah, I've always thought, man, I mean, you have your team out there, just go do it. Go get some more points. Who cares? <laughs> I yeah. mean, I would love to see against Rutgers. I I don't even care what what string is in. Go go score a hundred points. Let's let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see. 80 or 100, either either way, uh, I, because I just haven't seen it. 
I haven't seen my team do it. I haven't seen any of the big named teams do it. If ever, yeah. I, I'd have to reflect on my, my, my life, but I just don't know that I've ever seen it happen. And I'd love to see it happen once. Right. I just don't think it is. You know, I, I think the 76 uh, they, they scored against Miami, it did feel like they were scoring fairly late in that game um, and trying to. I think with, with Maryland last week, I honestly don't believe they, they were really trying that hard to score against Maryland. It was just happening. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's why I think absolutely they could do it here against Rutgers. But you don't know, right? I mean, as I say all this, I'm thinking back uh, McCall in that in the game against Maryland. This is a guy who's a, a senior, has had fits and starts. You know, he, he, he would always have these moments where he would shine, and you'd always expect a lot more out of him. And every year before the season, oh, hey, they've gonna, they're going to have this role for McCall. They're going to have this role for McCall. And it never materialized. And last week in that game, it felt like there was four years of frustration coming out of him, and he was going to score. He didn't give a crap if it was Maryland or whomever. I think if you have a situation like that, you know, this weekend where you have McCall in that game, five minutes to go, and you're you know, in the mid-70s, I think that guy is going to go score a touchdown. And, and, and maybe you, you get it there. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with that. Uh, it's been interesting to listen to, especially on McCall, coverage about him too because um, yeah, they've been trying to look for roles for him all year, whether it be in the punt team. You know, They've had him run even second string sometimes uh, early on in the season, but yeah, it just never, uh, never came to fruition. They put him in H back a little bit, and uh, yeah, he's just never found much playing time, and so... I mean, for him, it was, it was good to see him, you know, get those two touchdowns yesterday, and and I know he'll probably get at least one against Rutgers. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, to that point, I mean, I think the only thing left to say about Rutgers is what is your prediction score wise? So I've been going out this the whole week, and I guess this is my bold prediction for the uh, the. The week of games, I'm going Ohio State, eighty to three. Eighty to three. Okay, you're gonna do it, huh? I'm gonna All do right. it. Great. I mean, that's if there's anything to look forward to in the game and try to get excited about, it's that. Hey, are we gonna actually put up eighty? Uh-huh. I'm gonna say seventy-seven to nothing. Um, you know, last week, you know, I said you know Maryland's probably gonna struggle to get that seven that we talked about. Well, they ended up getting 14 and I put that solely on the fact that we pretty much removed all starters after the second quarter. Yeah. But even with our fourth stringers in there, I would be disappointed if we gave up any points to Rutgers. Yeah. I, I would be too. I just gave Rutgers a a field goal just for feeling a little bit bad for putting 80 on them, but (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the Mercy Three. Oh, huh? uh, the Mercy Three. Um, yeah, I think Ohio State can do it. They should do it, but we'll we'll see. Yep. Okay. What's next? Uh, let's go into uh, you know the what your analysis deems is the second best conference in the Big Twelve. 
And mm-hmm. uh, let's do, uh, you know, there's two, I think, two bigger matchups in that one. Obviously, the one being um, Baylor and Oklahoma. And then the other one, I was thinking uh, Texas and Iowa State, which is kind of an intriguing matchup. So Iowa State and Texas, Texas being one of those three lost teams we talked about that have made their way into the college football top 25. And, and frankly, I, truly, I, I said it before with Oklahoma State, with the first playoff ranking show, uh, I, I think they're plants. I, I really do. Because um, those teams are Oklahoma State, Texas, and I think A&M, right? Um, or Iowa. Actually, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa, yeah. And, and, you know, no bias here. The Iowa one is a plant as well. You know, uh, Iowa sitting right in there, that bolsters Penn State and Minnesota's resumes before today and after, right? Penn State played them already and beat them. Uh, Minnesota is going to play them, maybe beat them, who knows. But if they do beat them, it's on that resume. Uh, and same with Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oklahoma State has some decent wins. Um, I don't think Texas does, as I think about it. I don't really know who Texas has beaten. Um, so I, I just think they're plants to make LSU look better, to make Oklahoma look better, to make um, Penn State, Minnesota look better. What's that got to do with this game? Uh, I think this might backfire on them is what I think, right? Because I think Iowa State's going to win this game. I don't think Texas is all that great. Uh, I knew that TCU was going to beat them. Kansas almost beat them. Um, This is at Iowa State. I think Iowa State played a very strong uh, end of that game. I, I just think they're the better team. And so these plans like Texas and whatnot, I think may end up backfiring on the committee. Yeah, it may. And I've been, uh, and the reason I did ask about that, cause I figured I had a feeling that you would probably, uh, be inclined to pick Iowa state in this game in the upset. Um, and that's what I was thinking as well. I mean, you know, barring, you know, Iowa state did go play an emotional game and they, barely lost a heartbreaker at Oklahoma. You know, how much is that going to impact their game? Are they going to be fired up? Are they going to have a letdown? I don't know. Uh, but they, th- their defense is still decent for, you know, Big 12. Big 12. Yeah, Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the Big 12. And then you have the offense, which has really been inconsistent. I mean, that's the major thing. Uh, but when they play and they, quote-unquote, hit their stride... Um, they uh you know like the last the second half in the oklahoma game uh they can be pretty lethal and i just i honestly don't know which iowa state we're gonna see if it's gonna be kind of similar first half dud second half uh fireworks but uh i i i do think iowa state is gonna is gonna win this game i texas defense the secondary is still weak and uh i think that plays heavily in Iowa State's favor and it's probably going to be a maybe not a super high scoring shootout but I think Iowa State in a tight game can win it at home. I think the only thing that gives me pause here um, is Iowa State is a bit inconsistent you know they'll play a a half like they did against Oklahoma last week 
uh, and then they'll, they'll play a game like they did against Iowa, where, frankly, <laughs> they, they struggled in that game to, to score points and whatnot. Um, so how much did that half with Oklahoma take out of them last week? Right. Would be my question. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it took too much out of them. Maybe it didn't. Uh, but otherwise, to me, that that's the only thing I think that could bring Iowa State down is the fact that they they do play a little bit inconsistently. Did they get too emotional in that second half and, and it carries over? Because otherwise, I think they're the better team than Texas. And uh, I'm just, I'm still just going to go with Iowa State on this one. Okay. Um, moving over to that last game, uh, the bigger one, you know, the one that really will decide probably will lock the winner into the Big Twelve championship game. Um, mm-hmm. For all for all the crap and you know, so, somewhat reasonable hesitancy that a lot of people give Baylor uh, because of their weak schedule. Um, do you think Baylor has enough and is consistent enough to uh, beat Oklahoma, or is that offensive firepower just too much? I think, uh, yeah, I think Baylor can 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 win this game. Uh, the, this point spread is ten, so at the very least, I do think Baylor is going to cover. Uh, Oklahoma does not have a great defense, as we've already talked about. Uh, but something additional, uh, two things, and I know it's been talked about on the national media quite a bit, but Lincoln Riley gets kind of dumb sometimes. You know, uh, you know, I was watching, uh, I didn't watch it live, right, the second half of that Iowa State game. So there was a replay, and I caught it, and I'm thinking, you know, Oklahoma toward the end, they're up, and with just a few minutes left, and they're still passing the stinking ball. I mean, run the ball. You know, I don't care. I don't know what the situation was, if their uh, main running back was injured or what. I don't know, but run the ball. Run that clock down. And no, they, you know, Iowa State, frankly, I don't know that they could have had the timeouts throughout the whole game to really stay in it if Oklahoma would have run the ball more. But here late in the game, they're just throwing the ball, throwing the ball. And then they throw that interception. Uh, so, yeah, Lincoln Riley seems to have some kind of Kirby Smart type of blunders sometimes in the game. And then I think, secondly, Jalen Hurts, he also, I think, gets a little too full of himself sometimes. And um, he, 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 can, he can make some, some bad plays, whether it be you know, a little too cavalier holding the ball in the running game. Uh, or throwing an interception like you did uh, in that game, right? So uh, I think there's some there's some suspect things there about Oklahoma, and that's why I think Baylor's definitely going to cover, and I think they have a chance at home to win this one. Those are fair points, and you know, to what to allude to what you said, uh, you know, you saw it in the Kansas State game as well. Jalen Hurts, you know, just kind of like Tua, trying to want to do too much you know, gets into a sticky situation and just makes a dumb mistake, throws a stupid interception, fumbles the ball, what have you. The problem here for me is uh, Baylor's offense, really. Um, kind of like Iowa State's, it's just been extremely inconsistent. 
and, and against Big 12 teams that don't have great defenses, you know, the other teams have beat the brakes off of, you know, like West Virginia is a good example. Yeah, even TCU, it's a little, a little bit better. I guess you could say middle of the tier defense. I'm not sure. But regardless, teams have, you know, beaten TCU pretty, pretty handily or at least scored more points, you know, before going into that double overtime like yeah. Baylor did. And it's just, it's not really the close games, you know, one after another. It's just the lack of offensive inefficiency. And I mean, I'm not saying they can't do it because they can. I mean, they, they put what, 45 up on Oklahoma State and they look great in that game offensively. Uh, and of course, you know, they're in a prime position. They're at home and Oklahoma's defense is not that good. Uh, and so, you know, if they've done their homework, done film study, see what works, you know, Iowa State still put up 41 on them. Kansas State put up 46. So it is doable. I just yeah. don't know if I'm confident that Baylor can actually do it. I think with Baylor, I think that they remind me a little bit of the 2002 Ohio State team. Now, I think one of the differences is I can't, you, you know, you had a Maurice Claret that everybody in the country knew about. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the, the feel of it is, is similar to me. They are hanging tough against everybody. They've had some good wins in that undefeated season they've got so far. And they play close games. Like Ohio State had no business playing Purdue or Illinois close that year. You know, that national champion Ohio State team, as they ended up being, should have beat the brakes off of both of those teams. Yeah. But they were, you know, these these uh, um, very close games, you know. And that's been the, the same with Baylor this year. They, they, they were dominant over K-State. You know, that same K-State team that beat Oklahoma, they dominated them. Right. The Iowa State team that we just talked about, that should beat Texas and just about beat Oklahoma. They handled them too, right? Uh, Oklahoma State, we had talked earlier about that being close for a while, but then they pulled away. You know, they've got some pretty good wins on that schedule. It's just, and then they go play West Virginia, who is a bottom dweller in that conference, and then they barely win. Then they have that goofy... Uh, triple overtime game against TCU, which reminded me very much of Ohio State's overtime game against Illinois you know, back in 2002. And so I, they just feel that way. I mean, they feel like that, that Ohio State team from that year. And you know, I just remember how much disrespect Ohio State got back then. And uh, I, I, I think Baylor similarly can pull this game off. If, as I look at the rest of their schedule – They've got Texas at home, and then they're at Kansas. They should beat Kansas, and frankly, they are the better team over Texas. Any game on their schedule that, that they would worry about the most is this Oklahoma game. And I think that if they get through that, they go through this season undefeated into their Big 12 championship game. And I, I, I just think they're going to be prepared for this. And um, Definitely going to cover the spread, but I think uh, – or, or should I do it? Should I do it, Nathan? Should I go Nathan Bold? Say, hey, this is – I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say right. Baylor wins this game. I'm going bold. I'm going All bold. All right. 
Baylor wins this game. I just talked myself into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you right did. here in front of all of our half a dozen listeners. I just talked myself. <laughs> um, and yeah, all fair points. And um, I've I've been trying to talk myself into it as well. I think that the thing that gives me the most pause, Baylor's defense is pretty good. Uh, one of the one of the best in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma is still going to put up 35 points on Baylor. I wholly believe that. And I don't know if Baylor is going to put, you know, 40 plus on Oklahoma. I I know they can. I just don't know if they will. And I do think Baylor will keep this close. I think they probably will cover it. Maybe, you know, one scoring game, one score game at the end of the day. Uh, But I am going to, I'm going to pick Oklahoma to to win this game. Okay. Yeah, I think the only additional point I would make is so only one time has Oklahoma given up less than 40 points. That was against Texas. Um, I think that's different. That's their that's their rivalry, uh, Texas. Uh, but I, that being said, I don't think Texas defense is great. Relative to the Big 12, I think it's one of the better defenses in the Big 12. I think Baylor's is decidedly better than Texas defense. And so that's why I think, yeah, I think Baylor could keep Oklahoma below 40. Fair enough. I guess we shall see. (laughs) You guess. (laughs) Still sticking to my prediction. (laughs) Of course, of course, and as well you should, my good man. Um, in terms of the other games, uh, there's really not too many more, and there was a couple SEC games. Uh, real quickly, do you still think uh, still think Missouri's gonna gonna be able to upset Florida? I I think it's possible. I did my analysis though, and uh, I, I ended up it's a seven point spread. And so I am picking Florida in that one. I I, I do think this is a warning game. Uh, this is one to watch out for. This is, to me, upset alert. I'm not going to go bold and pick the upset here, but I will say that this is one I would not be surprised if Missouri uh, were to win this one. Missouri is a very different team at home than they are on the road. Uh, that being said, they played their last three games on the road, and they were getting progressively worse each game. You know, they started with that loss, close loss to Vanderbilt, then a uh, a little worse loss to Kentucky. I think it was Kentucky, and then you know just a much worse loss against Georgia. I, I think home or away it doesn't matter. That, that that takes its toll. And yeah. given given that, I, I I just think that Florida's probably going to win this one. Yeah, I I've been looking at the games Missouri has played, and they're even with Kelly Bryant at the helm, their offense has just been non-existent. And even though I think, unlike Georgia, who has a great defense, you know Florida's is okay. Uh, I still think Missouri might put up some points, but I don't still think they're going to be able to score all that much, even at home. Uh, their offense just hasn't shown me enough, and so I think Florida wins it pretty easily. Uh, Missouri may keep it close for a half, but I, that's about it, I think. Okay. 
Very good then. Um, quickly, you can touch on the uh, the the big game in the SEC, the uh, top yeah. fifteen matchup, um, which could have a lot of uh, implications. This one's going to be ugly, I think, because <laughs> you're right. Georgia does have a very good defense. They they pitched a couple of shutouts uh, in the past three weeks. You know, not not against any juggernaut or anything, but you know, still shutouts. Um, that Florida game again. You know, I watched a lot of it. It was only a seven point win, but it wasn't that close. Georgia pretty much controlled that whole game. It felt like to me. Uh, but at yeah. the end of the day, their offense is still struggling. And what I know about Auburn. You know, having watched them against Florida and against LSU, you know they are the closest uh, to play against LSU at LSU. Um, when they kept LSU to 23 points, and we know how good LSU's offense is, so Auburn's defense is clearly pretty good as well. It's at Auburn, and so I think it's going to be a slugfest. I think it's going to be an ugly, <laughs> low-scoring game, uh, at least for a while. It might be one of those where you know it's it's low scoring up through three quarters and then all of a sudden fireworks go off. Um, but I think I'm leaning towards Auburn in this one. I, I just think, you know, neither one of these coaches, in my opinion, this is just my personal opinion, I don't see either one of these as being elite coaches. I think both of them just make some bonehead moves from time to time when they really shouldn't. And, and the key here, I think, is which one of these coaches does not make a bonehead move in this game. <laughs> uh, but I'm going with Auburn. And, and I don't know that that's too bold. I mean, maybe it's bold. I don't know, but I'm, I'm picking Auburn to win this game. Fair enough. And I've had some similar thoughts. Uh, this one's a tough one because these two teams are really similar. Uh, the defenses are pretty good. Georgia's is great. Auburn... Uh, their defensive line is great. Uh, secondary is not as good, but two defenses pretty similar, and then their offenses are pretty similar. Um, Georgia's they have to they have to run the ball, otherwise, you know everything gets thrown off. Auburn, uh, they have to be able to pass the ball, um, so which is a little bit a little bit different. Either way. Both offenses have been struggling all year. They've been inconsistent, and so I completely agree. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I don't see this being a blowout either way. Um, I don't think it's going to potentially be a blowout either way. I think whoever wins this, it's going to be probably within a score. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I honestly have been going back and forth so many times on this game, but... I do think Auburn wins this game mainly because it is at home. Um, I think they're going to have a fire under him. And to your point, they, you know, they have been able to come yeah. back. They've shown they've been able to come back against Oregon. They played LSU extremely close, um, even in their loss against Florida. You know who Georgia did beat. Um, you know, even for their offensive struggles on that one, it was on the road, and they still you know, held, held Florida in check for the most part until that big play at the end of the game. And so, right. uh, 
you know, being at home, I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. But, yeah, I agree with you in this one. I think uh, Auburn's going to win it. Gold. Um, which, real quickly, you know, if that does happen, if Auburn does win, you're going to have a two-loss champion, Georgia, who's going to go to the SEC championship. Uh, if, so let's just give a hypothetical. If somehow a two-loss Georgia team somehow wins the SEC championship, <laughs> do you think they would actually do it this year and put a team with two losses in the playoffs? I, you, know, <laughs> you know, obviously, with all of my SEC rants and the last episode, it's clear my feelings on the matter about the SEC. But to me, that would just be the icing on the cake. It, it would prove to me, uh, because again, they they hold dear the fact that they believe the SEC is this conference that it isn't, that it's so strong. Of course, you know, Georgia, you know, yeah, they got two losses, but they beat the vaunted LSU that we told all of you, the unwashed masses, was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so, I, yeah, I, I think they might pull that trigger. I, I do think it really does depend upon um, what happens with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Because in this scenario, I'm assuming Clemson will win out. They'll be there. Uh, I think that the Big Ten, whether it's Ohio State or Penn State, with one loss, I'm assuming Ohio State's going to win it uh, all, right? Because frankly, I do think Ohio State's the best team. But assuming Ohio State might lose, but still, you know, end up winning the conference, or if it's Penn State, they'll be in. So ACC Big Big, 12, uh, Big Ten, I think, is in. If the Big 12 has a one-loss Oklahoma team that wins that conference, I think they would be in. And so it would come down to that two-loss Georgia against whoever comes out of the Pac-12. And if that Pac-12 is a one-loss Utah, and this is where it gets weird, right? Because they have been saying the stupidest things about their Oregon comparisons. Well, if you know, such and such, if Alabama beats Auburn, well, then they're going to be in over uh, Oregon because they have that head-to-head. Really? <laughs> that head-to-head that happened way back at the first game of the season. And Auburn basically got lucky to win. You, you're going to hold that over Oregon's head, who's then done everything that they could to get where they are. So, yeah, if Oregon were to come out of there with one loss compared to a two-loss Georgia SEC champion, I think they might put it in. But if it's Utah, who frankly doesn't have as strong of a schedule or as strong of a resume as Oregon, if they end up beating Oregon and come out of there with one loss, then I think they put in Utah over uh, Georgia. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to think about. The question is, well, Georgia, you know, does Georgia actually look like the deserving team that these other two loss teams have been in the past? Like 2016, Penn State, they should have gotten in the playoffs. 2017, Ohio State should have gotten in the playoffs, but they didn't because of those two losses. It's going to be the same scenario here. 
mm-hmm. is is Georgia actually going to be deserving of it? Uh, no, they won't be deserving of it. I, I don't. And let's just assume that it happens that way. Let's mm-hmm. assume that they lose to Auburn. Uh, it looks like the rest of their schedule is probably pretty easy. Um, you know, they 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 showed up last year. Was it last year they played Bama or the year prior to that uh, when they played Bama and the uh, and they showed up and ended up losing toward the end. Uh, so I could see them definitely showing up against LSU and giving them that one game where they take their one loss. Um, but frankly, I think that's it though. And, and, and as I'm thinking about it, that's probably what, what will happen. Cause you just mentioned, you know, when Penn state quote unquote should have been in, they took a one loss Ohio state team who had lost to them over them. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the same here. Honestly, uh, if LSU were undefeated against Georgia, Georgia beat them, and Georgia had two losses. I think they end up taking LSU. Yeah, and you I, don't I, get to agree. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But I mean, because it's the SEC, you never know. That's why it was an interesting point that I I thought I would bring up. <laughs> now, even though I think um, you know the ESPN is definitely still SEC shills. You know, a couple of things have happened this year, and I do think there are a lot more. There's a lot bigger undercurrent that this SEC bias is unacceptable. It's not just you know me on my SEC rants. It is palpable. It's becoming more palpable that you know people are getting a little fed up with this SEC bias. Number one, number two, you're starting to see it in the national media. Now you have Joel Klatt. Um, and, and let's be honest about it. He is to the Big Ten as Gary Danielson is to the SEC. Gary Danielson is going to hype up the SEC. And that's what Joe, Joel Klatt does. He he hypes up the Big Ten probably more than he really needs to because Fox is somewhat beholden to the Big Ten. Um, that being said, you're at least hearing it. You're hearing more uh, dissension in, in some media outlets with this SEC love. Um, Brando, right? He used to be on CBS. He used to be one of those SEC shills. And yeah, everything was SEC, SEC. I don't know if you watched the Ohio State basketball game last night, which as a quick aside, how about that? Uh, Buckeyes trouncing uh, number 10 Villanova last night. Oh uh, yeah, no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, no, it was great. Ohio State wiped them up. Uh, but Brando was doing the play-by-play, and, man, he was going off on Alabama. I mean, it was like, whoa, dude, slow down. I mean, he was ripping on Alabama, ripping on this SEC bias. And the point I'm trying to make is, is I still believe that both the College Football Committee and the ESPN, I believe that they both are strongly SEC biased. But I also believe that there's enough of an undercurrent now that if they end up putting in two SEC teams, one of them being a two-loss Georgia with an LSU, that's it. Uh, nobody is going to put up with it anymore. I mean, I don't know what that that fallout or aftermath looks like, but yeah. it's not going. It's not going to be pretty. I, I don't think they'll make that mistake. All right. Yeah, it's a 
yeah, it's interesting. And, and, and that's what I was thinking too, if that were to happen, you know, uh, we have all this clamoring for an 18 playoff and I, I honestly do think it's going to happen. Um, and I think it's going to happen before the contract ends in oh, however many years it is for the college football playoffs. Um, but if you, if this, if that were to happen, I honestly think, uh, we, we, we may get that 18 playoff a couple years sooner. Yeah. And that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, so everything I'm saying is, is Go to Georgia, right? We're talking about reality in a four-team playoff, and the fact that Georgia, with two losses, absolutely does not deserve to be in that playoff. But if those scenarios panned out the way we talked about, then yeah, Georgia is a pretty good team. And in a realistic world like the FCS or the NFL, you have a true playoff, you know. Mm-hmm. That would definitely be a team in that playoff, right? You know, and especially if they won their conference championship, uh, I, they should be in that playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, there's another topic for another day, but um, yes. All right, so enough about that. One more quick game, I think. Uh, okay, that that you mentioned uh, now an interesting, intriguing one is that Navy Notre Dame game. Uh, Navy su- surprising everybody and somehow seven and one this year. Um, I don't know how I haven't been paying attention to Navy at all, uh, honestly. And so, you know, they're still running that triple option, and I don't know how really how good great their defense is, but uh, you know, we we both are not high on Notre Dame. Think they should not be ranked as high as they are. So, uh, you know, do you do you see Navy uh, pulling upset here? I don't know about the upset. Uh, it, it is at Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame surprised me last week. I did think Duke was going to cover uh, on Notre Dame last week. Uh, they ended up getting their butts kicked. Um, but Navy is pretty tough. I mean, they've, they've got some solid wins uh, on their resume, so to speak, if you look at it. <clears throat> Excuse me. They beat Air Force, which is a 7-2 and two team. They beat, I want to say, Tulane. And um, they did. They beat Tulane in a close one. And um, so I, I, I think they've got some decent wins. I think they've got a good team. Just the one loss, and that was to Memphis. Um, I think it was a twelve-point loss. So not a not. They didn't get run out of the field by Memphis, right? Memphis is a strong team. You know, I, I'm. I'm getting closer to the day where I could see in an eight or expanded playoff uh, a group of five team in there. Yeah, because after I put this one analysis together, you know, as I showed, you had UC up there at 13 above some of these uh, two loss SEC teams and whatnot, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that wasn't, they didn't get run out of the, the field by Memphis. They've, they've won some pretty good games. I just don't know. I think they can cover. I just don't know that they're going to win this game. And, and so I, I want them to. I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> and, and and I do have somewhat of an affinity for uh, Navy. So I'd love to see Navy win. I just uh, – I am going to pick them to cover. I just don't think they're going to win. Fair enough. Um, 
anytime you play a navy or an army, uh, it always seems to be a low-scoring game unless you have a truly elite offense, uh, which Notre Dame does not. Um, if Notre Dame can't pass the ball, Navy though, I, th- I think Navy wins this game. Uh, I, you know, if Notre Dame plays against it like they did against Duke, though, even though I think Navy will, uh, will hold them to less points, I do think Notre Dame will win. So it's a it's a hit or miss for me, but Notre Dame at home, I I'm inclined here to to pick Notre Dame in a probably seven to ten point game. Okay. Well, there you go. There they all are. There they all are. That was a lot of games. Covered a lot of good games there. And I think that's it. I think that wraps up. This wraps up, of course, another fantastic episode of Buckeye Bomb Boss with Bill Haven and the boy. Totally fantastic. All right.